Hello, welcome to the last episode of the year, the last wannabe entrepreneur. It's a very special episode because I'm here with my co-founder, Jerome. What's up, Jerome? What's up, Tia? I'm good. Awesome. It's, it's always an honor to be in the podcast of the greatest entrepreneur and Twitter influencer of the universe and beyond. Jerome is my biggest listener because I often, especially in 2023, I spoke a lot about uh, him so he uses the podcast as a way to to see what i'm saying about you right is that true it is true uh when i go to the gym i always listen to your podcast and it helps me to get a little bit into your mind and see what you are thinking and feeling it's a bit weird because we are we have a very uh short table and we are front in front of each other and looking right, <laughs> looking, into, yeah, each other's looking eyes. right into each other's eyes and holding hands. Maybe holding hands was not necessary, but <laughs> let's continue. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, it was a very special year for me uh, because it was the first time that I got a company or a project that made any money, you know, enough money to pay its salary. And then it's actually my first company ever. So that's cool. That's new. And so, yeah. I think today's episode will be just about kind of going through the the whole year and how it changed our lives, what we have learned, and um, and <laughs> our relationship as co-founders. So let's go back. Let's go back to December 2022 when Joe and I kind of decided to work together. It was more or less maybe November or something, November, December, right? Yeah, it was definitely before the beginning of the year. Um, I was doing some freelancing. I was very tired of doing freelancing, actually. I wasn't making too much money. I was uh, w overworking way too much. Um, and you always had this wish, wish of working together. Yeah. Um, we kind of worked together, but not in a in a partnership kind of way. I, I've always been been involved in your businesses. You, you have always also been involved in my business, yeah. at least in terms of, you know, I've helped you with the design, you helped me with some tips or whatever, some moral support or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I've done some websites. Yeah, you also have done a website for me, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, in Donny though, I didn't do much, but uh, the other businesses, so yeah. the man, you had like an agency called The Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. And no, but that's that one I didn't know. It was like Airpack, the Airpack, website. Yeah, yeah, you made the website for the Airpack, yeah. The best website I've ever had. Yeah. But but you, I've also done the best logo you've ever had. So that's I true. Think, yeah. But you were very, I remember you being very frustrated. Like yeah. you were very septic about the whole thing, the whole entrepreneurship thing. You said like, yeah. yeah, you know, Tiago, I know it's impossible. And and you were actually applying for jobs for the first time mm -hmm. in his life. Juan was applying for a job. You never worked for anyone else. You were always a freelancer. And you started, you applied for a gig in it's, UK it's, or something. Yeah, no? UK. Because yeah. I had a friend who started working with a, with a company in London uh, doing some video work. And he told me that they opened uh, a job for a, a UX UI designer. And back then I was just a visual designer, but I was very uh, keen to learning about UX UI. So I, I, I spent some time learning a few things. And I decided to just risk it and just apply for the job. 
of course, I didn't get a job, fortunately, because uh, <laughs> this led to us building Pod Squeeze. So, um, but yeah, I was a little bit um, frustrated because I've been, as you know, in, trying to build businesses for like 10 years, just like you. Uh, I, I think we have started around the same time. Yeah. Um, and I have never had a business that actually made money that would pay a comfortable salary and would not require a ton of work. So I was a little bit frustrated and I was also a little bit skeptical about entrepreneurship because I've always, when you when you listen to someone who makes money in entrepreneurship, they kind of sound like, kind of sound like a, a guru selling you snake oil. They make it look very easy. Um, and I've, at that point, I've already tried so much stuff and none of them worked very well. So I was a little bit skeptical, but again, I just like you, I have that entrepreneurship spark, so yeah, I had to try something. You, you, there's no plan B, right? Plan B is start over, and so we started with a project, what was uh, India Lottery, and I don't want to spend too much time there. Basically, it didn't work. I mean, we, I spoke about it in some episodes, so you can just go back and see. We had some kind of minor success, some people were using it, so there was some traction, but yeah. It was not, it was not life changing. We looked at that and say, okay, maybe in a few months we can do something, maybe it will grow. But it was not life changing from the start. And I remember João back then. You were like, yeah, I still want to do it. I want to continue for a little bit. And I kind of, and we had an episode actually where we made the decision mm -hmm. to stop in the lottery. And if the listeners want to go and check it out, I don't know the number, but I'll just link it in the show notes. But yeah, we decided that we were going to try to do something new and, and look for something that would immediately have much more success than anything that we ever tried. Because in my chats, in this podcast, I interviewed a lot of people and the ones that had success, that's what they had. They had something that the moment... They launched it, they, they reached 1K MRR in like weeks, like two or three weeks, and then it, it grew super fast. So we thought, okay, let's do something. Let's do something like that. And then um, there was there was GPT, and remember like how was the, the brainstorming? We, we sat together, we just had some brainstorming about what we're going to build, right? Yeah, the idea was to use GPT with something, um, uh, the idea of repurposing content came up yeah. and we had a list of things yeah we had a list of things but since you were since you are a podcaster i think the idea to build a tool that repurposed podcast content just came naturally yeah. um and yeah we built it in two weeks or something so we, we we built an mvp and i think this is probably what made me um i, I really like that approach of trying to build something very fast and try it out quickly to see if it works or not. Mm -hmm. uh, otherwise, I would not be, if you if you would to propose me like a very complex kind of business, yeah. I, w I, I didn't have the energy, the, the energy uh, to build it. So I, I like that approach of building something very quick in like one or two weeks or something mm -hmm. and test it out. In the first week we did, I think in the first week we did the f like um, an MVP, but you couldn't pay or something. Uh, with the the simple UI with the with the four or I don't remember how many assets we offered, 
And the second week, we so what we were doing is like every week we would reach the end of the week and decide if we wanted to continue, mm -hmm. yeah. right? With Indie Lottery, we're doing this every month. And we said like, we need to reach 1K MRR in the first month. And we didn't with Indie Lottery, so stopped it. And the same was with, with Pod Squeeze. Um, so the first week we did the MVP without paying. The second week we implemented paying, right? Yeah, there's actually, uh, I think you posted a question on your community asking if you should continue with pot squeeze. Oh yeah. I, yeah, I remember, yeah, I remember in the first week you posted something about pot squeeze, like we have built a prototype, but like in the first week, it's almost impossible to get clients. Even, even though we had a lot of traction in like the first month or two, mm -hmm. the first week you never get like explosive traction. Yeah. You, you, you need to post it on like Reddit or, and, and it takes probably maybe two weeks, three weeks, four weeks to get the first clients. So I, I remember when the first two weeks passed and you posted on your community asking advice on whether you should kill Pot Squeeze or not. Yeah. Fortunately, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, so we, we released Pot Squeeze and we shared it on Reddit. Yeah. And some, I don't remember where, like on Twitter, of course, Reddit. Yeah, maybe some Facebook groups. Some I remember Facebook I posted groups. on some Facebook groups. But from the start, I noticed that it was different kind of traction. Like, I remember, like, immediately having, like, 20, 30 people per day coming to the website without, even after the launch. Like, in the next days, I remember people coming and registering. And actually, our prices were much higher back then. Mm -hmm. We started with, like, I think 30 bucks was yeah, our yeah. first price or something. Yeah, yeah, and we did year. get one client. I remember, like, after maybe one and a half week or something, I got, we got one client. And we were very excited about it. But again, it was not the life-changing you know, aspects that we wanted. We, we like, just for you to understand, I had, I was picking up freelancing work because I had no more money. And João always had his freelancing work as well. And so we just needed something fast. What was different for Potsquiz in the first week or two uh, was what I noticed that was, could be different was when we posted it on Reddit. And instead of people just shutting us down and calling us spammers. Uh, what I noticed was people started to make some questions and wanted to try pot squeeze a little bit. I remember some people saying that it was shit, um, but it was shit because uh, the guy tried in German and the German was still not uh, available. But anyway, that showed, even if people call it shit, it, 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 it showed that people still care to try it out, which was something um, that you don't normally see. Normally people just, uh, Tell, tell you to go fuck yourself and don't just don't give a crap about your product. So we decided to continue. We implemented one very important feature uh, because we were also getting a lot of feedback. I don't remember if we had immediately the crisp, the chat that allowed people to send us messages. No, I don't think so. It's but that is really important because we got a lot of feedback from there. And yeah, initially you could only search your podcast from your RSS feed and you couldn't upload and everyone was asking, like, we need to upload because yeah. all this, like the show notes, the timestamps, we need those before releasing the episode. Yeah. And the RSS feed is only available or the episode is only available once it's published. So I remember what we did and it was really funny. So first of all, we introduced that feature. And I think that was a game changer. Mm -hmm. um, from then on, we started having more people, more interest. And then we reduced the prices. But we didn't, like, go there and, like, reduce the price right away. We put a discount. And we said, I think it was like 50% off at first. 
I think we we did it in phases. If I yeah. remember well, I think we dropped like uh, from thirty to twenty or something like yeah. that, and then we had a meeting with that Travis guy. Mm. Um, we uh, we had some experience in the podcasting field, and he told us that the ideal price for podcasters would be something like around twelve dollars or something like yeah. that. So we decided to try it out, and I remember that we we saw a, a significant increase in conversion when we dropped the prices yeah but yeah we we did that we we offered the early bird discount and we were yeah. trying trying out the, the pricing until we settled on 12 dollars. Yeah. yeah the early bird discount was like 60 percent or 50 percent for one month the next month we reduced it to 25 percent discount and then we just kept that price yeah 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 uh so from and i think then we start having a few customers coming per i don't know i don't remember Maybe I could just pull pull in the I'll just I'll just get the um, our MRR growth because I think that'll be funny. Do you remember how much did you get in the first month of uh in the first month after launch after having a prototype? Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe six clients, seven, I'm not sure, but I know it was uh more than zero <laughs> which um which was also kind kind of surprising for me. So in March, do you remember March? What was our MRR? So we started in in February. Yeah. Uh, but in February our MRR was thirty three euros. Was that one client yeah, that, that we got? Was. And then in March, what do you remember? Do you like what do? I what remember do you that before, before the product launch. The product, the, the launch, product yeah. launch. We had like eight hundred dollars MRR. And then we launched on in March, like late March, I think. So I would assume that we reached around 1,000, 2,000 maybe MRR. So in March 31, 31st of March, we had already 1,700 yeah, yeah, MRR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then in April, 5,000. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. Like, I remember, like, this was the most, you know, ever, like, excitement I ever had with any product. Because in two months, we had gone from zero to 5K MRR, mm-hmm. yeah. which is already like two and a half K per person. And we are, back then, we, were, we had some expenses. Uh, our providers were a bit more expensive, but it, still, it was quite good. Yeah. Um, so I think. But what made the difference there was really product, product yeah. I think. Yeah. That was the first one. So once the product was ready, and we we saw a few people coming, creating accounts, registering, and the feedback was great. Mm-hmm. People said like this was amazing, they like it. Uh, a lot of people were telling us like, yeah, I'm going, ha- I'm going to fire half of my team, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, so we decided that it was time to do the product on launch. Mm-hmm. We got number two. Two, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then yeah, we just almost tripled our MRR because the, the cool thing in the launch is that it, it took us we were getting the repercussions of the launch for the next month yeah right mm-hmm. uh, we and, got yeah. and still product and still ask us for a yeah. short video mm-hmm. so so if you get on the first three uh, three places yeah. positions you get some extra promotion from product and mm-hmm. and that's that's great for new businesses do you remember uh how did it feel to see such a growth? Yeah, I couldn't really believe. I remember I was in gym 
and and uh, I I looked into my phone and like the notifications from Stripe started to pour in like six clients a day, seven clients a day, eight clients a day. Whereas in in previous businesses, if we if we had like one client a week, it would be already a victory. Like, and because because these are subscriptions. Yeah. So it's not only like they are paying it once. No, they're like subscribing to a service, so they will pay you know multiple times a year, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my faith in entrepreneurship restored a little <laughs> bit at that moment. I have to say. Um. So yeah, that that moment was also a aha moment for me. Uh, I I figured I figured like okay, so this is how successful businesses happen. Uh, boot bootstrap businesses. There's there's this moment of explosive growth that comes from your product market fit, and that's probably what you if you are a bootstrap a bootstrapper and you can uh, build prototypes very easily. That's probably what you should aim to just build fast and see if you have this initial traction. How did it feel to start telling everyone around you <laughs> that you're making money? Yeah, I, I'm very cautious about that because at the same time, even though my faith was restored a little bit, I kept being a uh, skeptic. Uh, so I was at the same time, I was thinking, OK, maybe this is just uh, temporary and um, we are going to get distraction, but this will slow down or these people are going to churn or whatever, or there's going to be a competitor or chat GPT just starts to offer our service or whatever. So. Mm-hmm. And the idea that the business could instantly die was always in the back of my mind. So I, I wasn't celebrating too much. I think I am more grateful now and more, uh, I'm feeling more like celebrating our su- success now because mm-hmm. Squeeze now, it feels more solid to me. It feels more like uh, we have um, a very um, steady flow of clients. Of course, we have also have an eye churn, but it seems to be kind of a more mature, sustainable business. And it feels like it doesn't, it is not going anywhere now. I, I remember feeling like walking and I don't know, being with my friends and, and family and everything and, and saying like, they don't know that I'm succeeding, but I know kind of <laughs> yeah, thing. Like yeah. they don't know my little secret. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I was just waiting until someone asks, like, because I don't, I didn't want to say, like, yeah, I know, I'm making. So I was like, yeah, man, they don't like. I, I have a fucking business, you know, it's it's growing, uh, and and I was looking for every time someone would, I was waiting every time I would like meet a friend or someone, I was waiting for them to ask, like, hey, Tiago, because it's been like two years previously of like not not wanting to to speak about my businesses. Yeah, yeah. Right, because I was not making any money, and and now suddenly I just wanted to talk about it. I'm just like, yeah, you know, uh, and I I have to be honest, it kind of went up to my head, and I was I was thinking like, you know, when you are, I don't know if you ever been to a casino or something, but sometimes you are in the casino and you seems that you have to have like, this luck, and you think like, ah, this will never end. Like I I will just become a millionaire because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm I'm making so much money. And then, of course, it ends. But I was feeling like that. Like, this will just keep on growing because the growth is crazy. So, like, in May, we are now at 7,600 MRR. Um, and then in June, 8,000. And so it was, like, growing at least 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 MRR per month. And I was like, man, like, we 
I know, like it's yeah. done. Like our life is done. Yeah, we yeah, we yeah, we've yeah. made it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I remember we had the conversation in your balcony when we were smoking some cigars. Mm -hmm. I brought you to celebrate our 100K. Yeah, our 100k. 100K. Um, and um, I remember we had this conversation about how having a successful business kind of um, changed your mind a little bit on how you view yourself. Oh yeah. Uh, and and it definitely it definitely um, it 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 had a. It changed my confidence in yeah. myself. Absolutely, like the small things. For example, as you know, I don't really like to drive driving too much. So for some reason, having a successful business made me more confident driving. For example, I just I, I just felt like uh, a more capable person overall, not just in the in the the business area, just overall in life. Even like looking people in in the eye, like yeah. uh, looking at strangers in the eye. For some reason, I felt a lot more comfortable looking that's at That's weird. Like, yeah. why? Why do you think that is? Like, what, what is driving connected with having a business? I don't know. I think you kind of, if you, of course, your, your financial life is a, is a very important dimension of your life. And if you are successful in your, if you are successful financially, I, I, I guess you develop this intuition that you are a capable person and, and you are capable of, of solving difficult problems. Um, and you certainly are at the top 1% of society. Yeah. Of course, you have to keep these things in check because of course this is this can end at any time for many reasons, but and it's always good to be humble. But of course you, at least for me, um, I, I kind of developed this intuition that I had to keep in check that, okay, suddenly now I'm, I'm a more capable person. That, that there's also one, one interesting thing that for example, of Potsquiz succeeded, but he could not could not have succeeded mm. um, for many reasons. But suddenly, when you get a successful business, you kind of feel like a genius. Yeah. You kind of feel like you figure you are the same person, though. Like you are the same person. The skills you, you have are exactly yeah. the same as before. You know, but, but now you are a genius because yeah. you figured out. Like <laughs> now you know the formula to making money, and that's kind of an illusion, I think. But no, it's um, definitely an illusion. Yeah. No, but for me, it's like always being doing my projects and never being consider myself even like the wannabe entrepreneur in the, the name of this podcast right like yeah. it's hard to consider yourself as an entrepreneur mm -hmm. until you make it right yeah. until then you're just doing side projects and it just gives you validation because i remember like being with my family and i'm like on my computer and they are on going to the beach or do something, and I just like I don't want to do that. I just want to do this with and coming and always with new ideas and telling to my friends oh, I have these ideas, and and they'll be like, yeah, cool, Tiago, yeah. <laughs> you have some ideas. Mm -hmm. That's good, you know. I just go and get a job, uh, and then for the first time, showing that these ideas can actually pay the bills, and and they are a job. That was crazy. That was the validation for me. They were like, fuck, you know, my dream, something that like mo normally people in society they don't do it. Um, just like proving everyone wrong and proving myself right as well. Uh, so yeah, that that was incredible, and I I also agree. I mean, uh, not with the driving thing, but <laughs> with feeling much more confident in life in anything. Like, uh, like my opinion matters, and and that I'm capable of doing stuff. Did you also feel like a genius? Like now I, because um, I I thought I thought it. it one one thing interesting that you did was uh, one post in Twitter kind of 
kind of it was kind of um, oh no for for gags but uh, off off serious off of um, mm. kidding uh, that post about um, how 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 much percentage would people uh, offer you from their business to work with you oh yeah remember that because uh, and and that that kind of told me that uh, okay, <laughs> this maybe, guy is over his head <laughs> yeah this guy is, is, is feeling like a genius and he, he, he thinks that he has figured out how to do business do you remember that yeah yeah what did I you remember. what I remember because you told me many times that yeah what what made you post <laughs> that did you did you really believe that people suddenly would see like a a pop star, a business pop star, and maybe without noticing. In that case, I didn't. I just thought that we needed to. Back then, we had like our our hands were full. We didn't have any time left, but we wanted to do other stuff. So I thought this would be a, an option, mm-hmm. uh, and then maybe our success could somehow validate that we would be good business partners, and and hopefully would get other entrepreneurs that would work with us, and they would build the project, uh, or most of it, and we would help. You know, with our expertise. Um, so in that sense, uh, yeah, it might be that it. But I still consider myself a more advanced entrepreneur than someone that is just starting. Yeah, I think yeah there's a lot of things definitely. that we have learned. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do sometimes have this kind of ego thing where I think, uh, yeah, I have. <laughs> it's a bit weird to say, but above average because we are made, we're able to do this. Because a lot of people don't, they don't do it. Yeah. So be like, yeah, I put my mind into something and I did it, so yeah, I'm I better. <laughs> I I don't think like this, but I know that it's not rationally. If I think now, I know it's not true, but sometimes it might get to that. I mean, I guess you are above average. Um, I'm not sure if you are above if you and me are above average in skills, but at least in persistence. Yeah. And anyone who has a successful business must be above average in something because most people fail at businesses. Yeah. So I guess you have to be above above average in something. Yeah, but I think that's that's something that I started started to realize by the way, which was like how hard it is. Persistence is definitely yeah. a, a key thing. Persistence is a key yeah. thing and how hard it is, hard it is to make a business that actually has as profit because there's a lot of businesses with tons of revenue and then yeah, there's yeah, not a lot yeah, of profit. Yeah, yeah. But with this amount of profit in like three or four months, already like each one of us was making like $3,000 or something in profit. And that's that's great. That's not like a small percentage of the, the population and the entrepreneurs do are able to achieve this. So that that was incredible. Um, so we, we started... Growing, we did the product hunt launch. That was crazy. Uh, we we found emails like cold emailing. Yeah, that was clever. Um, that that was a yeah and, clever. And I I I don't want to focus too much on on the strategies here because yeah. we spoke about and I spoke about that in in the other episodes. Um, let's just like talk about one thing that I think was really important, which was as we were going, you were still doing the freelancing. Yeah. Right. Um. And then around what June, July, you decided to no more freelancing. And yeah, tell me about that. That the whole process of yeah, so I've, I've, going hundred percent. So Squeeze. because I have I, I had never had a successful business like Pot Squeeze, like entrepreneurship was not really my 
it was kind of my plan plan A because I wanted to be to have a, I wanted to have a successful business more than I wanted to be a freelancer. But I still had to pay the bills, so I didn't really let go of freelancing. So even even with my previous business, the Donny though thing, the cookie the cookie shop. Um, That's an episode, by the way. Where yeah, about one of the earliest episodes, I think. That's true. Um, well, it was hard for me to get good guests. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um but yeah even in the cookie shop i was baking cookies and and doing the freelancing at the same time like uh, i baked the cookies uh, and then i would sit on the table i would some freelance work so i i really never let go freelancing this was the, f the first time so i guess i i i i really wanted to make sure that pot squeeze was a sustainable business and a reliable business before just uh, leaving Uh, freelancing all at once um, but then we had this conversation where um, you really felt that it, it, this was being unfair to you because I had kind of two jobs even though uh, pot squeeze was my main priority and I was working like 14 15 hours a day I don't I don't know yeah. um, I was I, I still managed to do like two full times one full time for for yeah. freelancing and one full time for pot squeeze to be honest I'm not sure if I'm working more hours for pot squeeze now even though i don't have the freelancing um but i yeah i i, I heard your concern uh, because you were full 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 on pot squeeze uh, yeah i was full on but i recognized that you were working more hours in in like not in pot squeeze maybe i don't know about that but you were working yes the, the same as me uh in, in yeah probably What I was worrying back then was not only about the work itself, was about, I don't, I don't even know, but the skin in the game kind of thing, the all-in kind of thing, yeah. the thinking long-term and not just doing the tasks, but thinking what next text tasks. Mm -hmm. And and back then there was like, we had this discussion and I reflected a lot about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what changed for me was like kind of doing the trust And thinking like, okay, he wants this to to succeed as much. This looks like marriage council. Yeah. <laughs> to succeed as much as I I do. So like let's let's give him some trust and like okay fuck it he, he will do it and he will find a way. And then that's when we kind of decided to divide more or less into like the department. So I would be more focused on like building and the development and coding. And you would be, Jean would be more into like the marketing and branding and, and trying to bring people on board um, and saying like, okay, just focus on that and I trust you that you'll do that. So in the end, I was, at least, uh, I think I was fine with you, you doing the freelancing and I told you that. And you said like, yeah, but I think two weeks after you said like, no, fuck it, I, I don't want to do freelancing anymore. Yeah, because even though, I mean, you... You told me that it, it would be okay for me to continue with the freelancing. I, I knew that probably, I mean, the concern doesn't disappear from one day to the other. So I thought, okay, he's he's full on pot squeeze. I should probably now, okay, pot squeeze is making money. In August was doing 10k, 10 almost like 11k already. Yeah, 11k MRR. Yeah, so at that time it was already paying a salary. It was being more than your freelance. Than my, more than my freelance, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but in my mind, like, 
for me, this freelancing, I was working, I had like these five or six clients um, who I had been working with for the past like 10 years or something like that. Yeah. So this is, this is, to me, you know, letting my freelance go was also yeah. letting go my safety net yeah. uh, because PodSqueeze was just like four months old and my clients were like 10 years old. Yeah. So I had to, I, I, I had also, I had to make a bet uh, in favor of PodSqueeze. But I thought it was fair to you and it was a valid concern. So, yeah, I made, I made so this So you step. did this for me and less for, for you. So if it was for you, you'd still continue. Yeah, that from uh, now, like, would you still like to to keep your freelance? No, at, at this moment, I would, I would, I would already um, live, 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 live out freelancing um, for myself. But at that time, the trigger was, I think, being fair to you. Yeah. So, how did it feel? But then, as soon as, soon as I, yeah, as soon as I uh, fired my clients, uh, I thought, okay. This was probably, I should have done this earlier. Why? Because my quality of life improved a lot and I didn't need that money, that freelance money at that moment. Uh, and I just suddenly had like uh, one full time, free, free time, one full free time. And uh, my quality of life improved a lot. How so? Like what, what changed? I mean, working with in freelancing with many clients first of all working in freelancing in portugal it's not the same as working in freelancing um in other countries of europe at least yeah. in portugal i don't think people respect your time too much no they can <laughs> no <laughs> they can send you a message at night if they need something even if they don't quite need it it's just that if they want it they will make it sound like an, an urgency and they will be calling you in the weekends um and of course, this is also my fault because I didn't set too much boundaries and some of these clients uh, had become my friends. Um, so, but it was always very stressful. Like I was in the gym and I would receive a call. So, oh, I need this uh, right now. Are you going to, to be at home like in the next half an hour? Okay, I can try. I was always rush, rushing too much, too much. And, um, collecting the money as well. Collecting the money was a pain in the ass yeah. uh, for Portuguese people. When there was they... no stripe for freelancers. Yeah, yeah, Maybe it's a business idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, when a Portuguese person tells you that they are going to pay, they might pay right away, but it yeah. can also mean that they are going to pay in a few months or or they will completely forget to pay you. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, my quality of life improved a lot. I think until September was like, all roses somehow like it was growing like crazy uh i don't know of course there was some stress with you know open ai and we we tried to find new providers and we there was a lot of negotiation for the first time like we we're doing a lot of negotiation and it was cool to be seen as a you know a proper company and we were negotiating with people from the us yeah, and the yeah, uk that, that's, that was also that was cool right pretty cool yeah uh, they will be like, oh yeah, we want your business, and we felt like, okay, you know, two dudes, we're just two dudes that started the business three months ago, or four months ago, and now we are negotiating with yeah, yeah. teams that they work with Joe Rogan, like I don't know, Rev, they worked with this big company, so we're like, okay, this is really cool, um, and I think there was a lot of things that we learned, like how to negotiate, how to speak. I think you had always a better approach in negotiating than me. You're more like pragmatic and um, 
you really kind of asked, always asked for a better deal, right? Mm, yeah. And for me, I, yeah, maybe we can discuss this, right? Like when we're discussing, we're trying to figure out what would be the best provider. I was like, okay, just pick the first one. Yeah. The yeah. symbol I ordered, like just pick the first one. Yeah. And then you're like, no, Tiago, let's do this properly. So I think that's a good relationship on like, I'm fast, but sometimes I'm not thorough. And you'd be like, no, I want to go into the details, right? Yeah, especially when it's it's something that you are going to commit a uh, long term. Yeah. Of course, you are going to, if you are going to decide your your transcription partner for uh, the next years, yeah. I guess you have to take some more time evaluating the different options, um, negotiating prices. Um, but yeah, to me, like in when I'm going to negotiate, if if someone offers a price for any service, I always try to understand what kind of value. I guess that's how, how any people should neg negotiate. Like you have to see what's the value that that service is going to provide to you. What's the reasonable value that you should expect to get. And then you make an offer based on that. Um, the same thing was with, uh, for example, the conference when that we went to Berlin. I remember the guy said like 1,600 and, yeah. and, and you said, of course, yeah, let's pay yeah. that. Uh, and I wanted, I really wanted to negotiate. <laughs> I made the map. How uh, much was it in the end? Uh, we paid 800. 800 so half. Half of the price. And, and you were kind of uh, self-conscious about it. Like yeah. I remember you, okay, you, 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 you can propose that, but don't say it was me. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to, to have anything with that. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but in the end, he accepted because yeah. he, he clearly. Um, I mean, when I when I was talking with him, I I felt that he he clearly didn't know how much value he could provide to us. Yeah. So he didn't really know how much was his his service uh, worth, right? So of course, when you when you meet someone like that, you can always say, okay, that might be might be a fair price, but. In our experience with the conference that we went, we know that probably we are not going to see some uh, enough return on investment. So we are willing to to pay this price. Are you going to accept it or not? I guess. That's... Yeah. How is it working with me? Yeah, I mean, we are. I think we are similar in many aspects, and we are very complementary in others. So that's a plus. Um, what can we improve? Um, Okay, let's go to the more frustrating moments of the year. Yeah, okay. Up until then, I guess the most the most frustrating moment was the freelancing thing for me. Mm, yeah. You had uh, to meditate. I had to meditate. Like, again, I, 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 I learned that it was a, a very frustrating moment for you in your podcast <laughs> because you recorded the podcast. <laughs> the podcast that, helped. Yeah, yeah, you recorded the podcast where you just... Uh, you were completely honest and you said that you had to meditate about it yeah. and it was uh, <laughs> it was something that didn't you had to put a lot of thought in it um so we had a conversation about it but i didn't i i did not get the impression that this was just this this at uh, this uh importance for you uh i just learned that in your podcast so your podcast sometimes is useful for those kinds yeah. of things um September started, and for the first time, we decided to create a power company, right? So we had this kind of hybrid mode until then, and it was fucking nightmare. Like, for me personally, maybe because we are in Portugal, or most likely because we are in Portugal, uh, it's, 
it was really frustrating. Like taxes are very high. And I, again, I don't want to go too much into detail. Um, there was a lot of negotiations, a lot of... Um, if there's something that I've learned, not only with this negotiation, but as well with the, the other negotiations we did with, the, with our partners, is that when sometimes it starts poorly, when like there's someone that you are negotiating, you say, okay, some, something is odd. Quite often, that first intuition for me has been proven right. What you mean negotiating uh, with who? Like, for instance, with, with our, the other, I don't remember the... Ah, the deep... Uh, the, yeah. yeah. Okay, the, that, that company, yeah. The other company. So, I don't know. It, it felt weird from the start, but then we pushed it, and then it was kind of a waste of time. So we are talking about uh, one of the transcription services yeah. we were negotiating yeah. with. Yeah. And it, also maybe a little bit, we made some poor, not so good decisions with the taxes and uh, our, our team there, but in general, it was really frustrating, and there was a lot of time that we wasted um, just figuring this shit out, right? Mm-hmm. Uh I remember, like, you also being super frustrated at the moment, like, fuck, I'm tired of this, like, ev- because everyone around us was telling us, ah, this is super easy, just go <laughs> yeah. to Estonia, just go to Dubai, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's go, it's super easy, like, and everyone around us was saying, like, we're fe- I was feeling so dumb because it didn't feel easy for us, right? Yeah, for, for every tip that people <laughs> offer, there's, like, two problems uh, yeah. with, with the rise, yeah, so, and, and everyone in the internet would make it so easy, even, like, even, even... People with experience, like people with companies for years or even attorneys, like you would talk with an attorney um, or an accountant and you would end the meeting with more questions than than, than solutions. So that was a very frustrating moment. It it felt like everyone everyone kind of felt they knew how how the system worked, but no one really uh, was sure about it. Like everyone was doing... Uh, their own way that could kind of work, but also had some risks involved. So, yeah, it was a very frustrating moment. Yeah. There, there, we could not find the right answers anywhere. They were just like uh, off-assed answers, yeah. and and also because sometimes there were not there. There's no answers for that. Yeah. Like the the law is not as uh, rigorous as I thought. It's not as strict as I thought. There's like a huge gray area, and in the end. And this, at least in Portugal, it all depends to the auditor. And like lawyers told us this, literally, like there are certain certain things that no one knows if it's legal or not legal. It depends on the person that if you get audited, will they will analyze it, and that's super frustrating for me. Um, so we wasted a lot of time, and it feels that like for like two months we're working on that. Then we went to Berlin for our conference, uh, and and then kind of we woke up to the realization that Podsquiz was not growing anymore, mm-hmm. right? It was growing really slowly. Yeah. So just for you to understand... Okay, that was a very frustrating moment for me. Okay. That, that Let, was, let's, yeah, that, let's, yeah that, that's interesting. So just to, to say here, in September, we we're making 11, 12K. And then in October, we were making 12K. Yeah. Or a little bit, a little bit more, but like 400 euros more. Uh, and in November we are actually making less. This is MRR, right? This is not because we make more money than this because we have the annual payments, uh, but this is MRR. So in Berlin, we are going to the conference for the first time where we have to sell pot squeeze, right? And Joao, every time we're going there, you were like telling me, dude, pot squeeze is dying, pot squeeze is dying. Like, 
And yeah, but it's, <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it didn't. It started in September. I remember you were you were on vacation and in Greece. Yeah, end of, end of September, and I was collecting data yeah. from Stripe. Uh, I was analyzing all data in terms of like conversions, how, how our growth was uh, developing in these months in terms of like how much of it was from upgrades or new clients, how much was the churn. Like I, I've I evaluated a bunch of, of numbers and I put together a presentation because I was trying to get this idea in you. Yeah, this is not the, the business is not growing. You should not be celebrating too much. Um, this this is kind of stagnating. Uh, we are going down, and you you all you you have this naive positivity, which is pretty good uh, sometimes because it is this naive positivity that makes you, you know, keep trying, and uh, this is what sparks your persistence, <laughs> I guess. I guess. Uh, yeah, but but sometimes, <laughs> but sometimes you you just ignore a little bit the numbers, I I guess, uh, and you could be more analytical sometimes. Even though you are an analytical person, I, 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 I think you are a very rational person. But anyway, I, I noticed that like starting in June, July or August or something like that, that our growth was not being sustained by new clients. So we were growing, but it seemed like our growth came from upgrades and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so I started notice. Uh, our our MRR also our growth was declining each month, so we were still growing, but we were still growing at less, yeah. less, less and less, and we were almost eating. Um, so if, if we if you would draw a line in our growth, you would you would you could anticipate that your growth would be zero in September, which was exactly what happened. Uh, so I was trying to to. Uh, get your attention to to this to this problem, and you were now ah, João. Of course not. We, we are going to be saved by SEO, or we have, we haven't still tried many things. But I've also in my presentation, I've also included some graphs that show that more visits on the website did not really correspond to to growth in MRR. So these were all very uh, this 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 data was very concerning to me. So. Yeah, that was when I I got my peak frustration in October when mm -hmm. we were in the whole so far. Your peak frustration so far was my in peak frustration was in Berlin because I was yeah we need really really need to 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 look at these numbers. This is not going well. We need to to pivot somehow to get another strategy to invest in another because we have, what we have been doing so far is not working. And like I wanted to be faithful to our initial strategy of trying out things and what not what doesn't work we should just pivot. Mm -hmm. And to me that was the moment to pivot. Like okay, this is the moment where things are not working out. Our growth is stalling. We need to pivot right now. So I was trying to convince you about that, and it was like talking to a wall. <laughs> it didn't really. You, you, I remember you you telling me in Berlin, João. You are killing the vibe. You really need to shut up about that shit. Uh, I mean, in my defense, we are going literally to the conference where we were supposed to sell pod squeeze. Yeah. And it's not a good vibe to go and say like, dude, we are going to die. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember in that somehow helped, maybe, I don't know, for the last day of the conference where, because the first days didn't go well. First day, day and a half didn't go very, very good. This, the last day, and then it's debatable if in general it was good or not, but the last day was better. Uh, 
and I was just like giving flyers to everyone. They were just passing me like, take a flyer, fuck it, take a flyer. Um, yeah, and, and back then I didn't see because I thought that there, there was still SEO. So for, for me, the reason why it was going down was because there was this you know wave of AI that we kind of surfed and now is was fading out and and because of that we're getting less traffic and less conversions um, and then SEO would kind of resuscitate once we would find out and and you were working SEO mm -hmm. so I said like okay I think I guess then we agreed that I was maybe concerned but I didn't want to focus on that right now um, and we postponed it we came back from Berlin. And SEO started working, which was positive, mm -hmm. right? And that was cool because we, we, by the way, we hired our first kind of freelancers. Mm -hmm. We hired a team to help us with the content. We hired our first developer as well uh, as a freelancing basis, but that, that has been amazing. And, and still, even though these things are growing, even though our number of account creations was growing, and that was in November, like we were able to, you know, get more you know, analyze data and, and improve on a lot of metrics, uh, things are seem to not be, to be growing. Like we are not, our churn is uh, high and we are not converting a lot. Uh, and and then I hit, hit me like a month ago. And now I'm worried and you are not worried. Yeah, at that time I, I already like, my frustration had already passed. I was at peace with the fact that PodSquiz was stalling um, so I had already made my, uh, my grief, <laughs> I had already, I, I had already grieved. Um, so, yeah, I was at peace with the fact that Podsquiz was probably staying at this level and, and I was still grateful for it because it's paying a very comfortable salary for me. And, uh, but it was, um, it was a moment where I, I, I it, 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 I came to the conclusion that it the, the the million was not coming from pot squeeze probably. Okay. Um, but so this is where we are now, by yeah, the way, right? Yeah. So this was the whole year, our year, you know, twenty twenty three, of like starting amazing and you know feeling like being in top of the world and validating our our life as an entrepreneur, our our profession, you know, and now reaching to a level of, okay, we don't know what to do next. We have a proper company. We have a proper project. We have more than 4, 400 customers. Uh, we've been in conferences. And at the same time, we have no idea how to take this from 150k ARR to 500k ARR or 1 million ARR, which is, of course, I guess, a dream. Like, that would be the next dream. If we would get a project that would... would would be able to sell for 20 million or something. Um, and this is where we are at no right now. Like, uh, uh, I think that we can still somehow salvage it and focus on marketing and guerrilla marketing, yeah, yeah. which is my last, last thing. And Juan doesn't think it's going to happen. Um, I think we have two options right now. We either sell pot squeeze or we just keep pot squeeze as a as a steady stream of income even if it drops a, a little bit because right now i think pot squeeze is of course it can be always be killed by competition but it's 
quite well established right now. I think we probably are in the top five, top three, top two, top two maybe tools of this kind uh, for podcasters. We appear on the first places in terms of quality. In terms of quality, I think we are think at the top, absolutely. The top, we, right? we get a I lot mean, of feedback that people who have tried other tools are really happy with PodSqueeze. Um, we have also introduced some some videos now, so I think we are, we are a little bit ahead of the curve in comparison to our competitors, probably. Yeah. We are just two guys working, so we are quite agile. Um, so... And it's quite well established, I think, PodSqueeze, we are, we are appearing in the first positions of Google for key keywords. Um, so I guess PodSqueeze, we can just hold PodSqueeze as an asset that just, it, it just brings some steady revenue and we can just move to another product, which would also or, be... Or we can bet on PodSqueeze so that it's the fucking tool for every podcaster. And make millions. Yeah. Now you just that's, that's <laughs> now your, you decide. That's your uh, <laughs> positive naivety. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, we have been so steady for the last months, and we have been trying so many things, and and it's not moving that much. So I think it's it's time for us to just uh, make a decision, or we either keep it and move to another project, or we sell it. It would be fun. I, I I think it would be fun for me to try another project because I'm very curious about uh, whether we can replicate this or not. That would be the ultimate validation, because PodSqueeze could. Is just, it not to get to a million? I think validation. Yeah, to, to get to get one million. I, I guess if we if you have five PodSqueezes, you can you get one million. Uh, yeah. But I'm very curious if. Pot squeeze was like more more luck or more skill, yeah. and if we really are experienced uh, entrepreneurs as we think we are, we should be able to at least replicate pot squeeze in two or three attempts. I'm not saying that we are going to make it first time. There's a lot of luck involved, of course. Um, but to me, that would be the ultimate validation. So I would probably move to the next project, I guess. But I'm also quite happy as we are right now. It's paying a salary. My quality of life is amazing. So, Yeah. So I think we are finishing this year similar, not similarly, but with a lot of questions like we finished last year, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot to learn still. Uh, I don't know if I have the energy to have another year like this one, building something from scratch. But now we also have uh, a developer. <laughs> yeah, we have a developer. <laughs> that can help we us. have a, a content writing guy, Adebay, yeah. which is doing an amazing work. Uh, yeah, I mean, you just started, but <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So far, so far, I'm quite <laughs> okay. happy. Um, João, hell of a year! Absolutely. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's an honor Pound to it. be on the. It's an honor to, to be, be on, on the, the user quest, user quest, user quest company, <laughs> which is our holding company. Um, yeah, and that's it. That's the end of uh, the last episode of 2023. Uh, thank you so much for listening and for being there. And uh, make sure to share this with all of your indie hacker friends. And thank you, João, for uh, you know being part of this episode as well. A pleasure, Tiago. A pleasure to be on the episode and a pleasure to be your co-founder. Wow. Likewise. Beautiful. This was another wannabe entrepreneur. See you next time.